Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA, get a quote today. Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Hello and welcome to episode 160 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast. Where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I'm your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Ramsey and Crew patron supporters. Thank you very much. A special, special thank you to three of my Rampy and Crew patron members who just celebrated their three-year anniversary, three years on Patreon. So that's Lily, Becca, the Captain, and Brooke. Thank you. It's a really long time to be hanging out with me. Today's special guests are Morgan and Sam from Just One More Chapter podcast. Will you both take a moment to introduce yourselves, your podcast, and how you found Marissa Meyer? Yeah. Hi. My name is Morgan. Um, and Sam. Yeah, that's Sam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So me, Sam, we grew up together. We have been be- – Sam, how long have we been best friends for? Oh, God, math. Um, about 20 years. Yeah, we've been we've been together for a long time. Um, <laughs> we have a podcast called Just One More Page, and it's a obviously a book themed podcast in which we discuss, review, and fangirl over books. And we release an episode every Sunday in which we're talking about different books, and our reading styles are completely different. Uh, I read mostly romance novels. Sam reads fantasy novels so we're completely different yang 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 and so that makes it really interesting when we're talking about books because a lot of the books we talk about are either like fancy romance like last week we read a murder mystery and yeah and then as far as um about my marissa meyer journey i am not a fancy reader at all i don't i I, it's too it's too intense for me but i was at the bookstore with sam years ago and sam was like you need to read this book cinder and i was like uh and she's like no you need to read it and i was like okay so i read the book and i absolutely fell in love with it i love cinder and then i read the whole other like the rest of the series and I'm obsessed. Um, and I definitely think that Cinder and um, the Lunar Chronicles hold a very special place in my heart. And we actually did read a book from Marissa Meyer for our podcast called um, Serendipity. Um, we read it on our podcast last year um, and it was super good. But yeah, Sam, what about you? Um, so I found uh, Marissa Meyer through uh, BookTube when like BookTube was like a huge deal. Um, so we had, oh, who was it? It was like Caddy Tastic and Just Do the Reader. Um, and then uh, Poem Bananas books. Uh, I can't remember what her name is. I think it was like uh, Christine or something. And they were all like gushing about this book. And I'm also, a, like, I'm a fantasy reader, but I'm also a big uh, lover of fairy tale retellings. And one of my favorite fairy tales is Cinderella. And so I was like, oh, heck yes, this is down my alley. Um, read it, devoured it, um, and then the rest is history. Um, and then, yeah, like Morgan said, we've read Serendipity. And then I do have plans to read Renegades by Marissa Meyer. I just haven't had a chance to pick them up yet. So, yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much the shtick. Yeah, <laughs> and I basically have the same, like, origin story because I love fairy tale retellings. And I saw the cover of Cinder at Target and was like, need this in my life. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and the rest is history. <laughs> oh. Do you like the new new covers? The like anime? I, 
I like both of them. So I like the old covers because they're like the OG covers, you know, and that was kind of the style at that point was to do like something minimalist with a black background, like a big copycat was, um, I think it was started by like the Twilight trend, mm-hmm. how that their covers were. Mm-hmm. So I think these new covers are more appealing to a younger audience. And the original covers had very little to do with the story, like a bionic foot in a heel when she never wears red high heels in the entire series, like, you know. Yeah, but the new ones are also slightly inaccurate, so mm. that bums me out. Like, like the cover of Scarlet probably gets the most attention I've seen, where people are upset by its inaccuracy mm. because Scarlet is just so incredibly thin on the cover, and in the series, she's like the only person who's not thin. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I see both the appeal of both of them. I think I like the original better. Yeah, personally. yeah. The minimalistic covers like they tell you what story they're about to talk about. Right. They don't give I, anything away. Yeah. they. You just know what retelling you're about to get into. Um, I'm not a big fan of the new ones. Mm-hmm. I like the new ones because I just like the colors. <laughs> yeah. The colors are great. The artwork yeah. is, is very impressive. Mm-hmm. It's more the inaccuracy. And, and I do, I get what you're saying. It's definitely a giveaway for the story content. Mm. Whereas before we see a high heel in the name Cinder, we can put two together, but we don't know anything else of the story. Mm-hmm. The other one, you look at the cover and you're like, why does she have a bazooka on her shoulder and a metal hand? <laughs> and, you know, why is there dystopia behind her? Like it does give away a lot of the story. I also just really love minimalist covers like that. Mm. Like the Crave series has some beautiful covers. It's just like a, a variant color background and then some object on the front, like a shield or a crystal that's been bloodied or whatever. I've just, I don't know. I've always been drawn to the like basic minimalist covers. The The more complicated they are, the less interested I am. Meanwhile, I pick up books just because of the covers. <laughs> oh, I do too. Yeah, I definitely yeah. do that. Yeah, the love I, hypothesis was 1 million percent the cover. Mm, I was like, what is that? Pretty. Yeah. I love pretty things. Let's just get it. I mean, Sam knows that I have issues with just judging the books by their cover. Um, oh, yeah. And, yeah. So if it's pretty, I'll I'm pick big it up. on titles. Oh, I are judge you? a book by titles a lot. I, I just do color schemes on books. I, a lot of times, I don't even realize what the book is called until I get home. I'm like, oh, it's called this. Oh yeah, and I do have a problem with buying books. I I do. Sam knows this. We we've talked about this, we, but we, yeah, we've we've had discussions. We've had discussions <laughs> about it. My husband likes to tell people that buying books and reading books are two separate hobbies, and his yes. wife has both. Yes. Yeah, yes. Because <laughs> we have. I'll have to send you a picture sometime. But our entire oh, yeah. living room is a wall of books. Oh, I, I uh, love that. We actually dream. just. Right. My husband helped me set it up. Like we are our last house. We had it all in like one room, like a library. And when we moved into this house, he was like, why would we, why hide them in the library? Like we need to put them in the living room, put them on display, make everyone come in and be like, damn, that girl reads a lot. That's so awesome. Your husband and my husband need to have a conversation because mine was supposed to be in the office. Oh, that's so funny. No, mine was all for it. And then every time I get a new book, he's like, where, where is it going to go on the shelf? And I'm like, well, give me a minute. You gotta um, finish it. I gotta figure out. I gotta. I gotta think about it. There's a specific spot. I just have to figure it out. But I also no. have a lot of books when we 
moved here, we packed up the house and I was like, okay, I'm going to catalog all my books so that I would notice if like a box goes missing or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had at this point now I have about 800. So <gasps> it's a lot. I thought I was bad. <laughs> so no, you're not. If it makes you feel better and anyone gives you a hard time, you can be like, listen, I know this girl with 800. I have nothing. Like, <laughs> it's let eight- me be your example. This is TikTok saying like 1,000 is a library. So, Oh, I'm really have- close. You, you almost have a full library. Yeah. I almost, oh. I'm like, I'm almost there. Yep. Almost there. Now, do you, um, how do you organize your books? Do you do it by color? Do you do it by like? No, the color thing stresses me out. I don't know how people find anything. It looks great, but like, I don't know how you find anything. Um, And then series would have to get separated and authors Mm -hmm. would be next to each other. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I can't do it. Um, (laughs) But I I do have a system that works in my brain. Mm -hmm. I'm actually a librarian. So I think I would probably drive my coworkers nuts, but I have mine separated by mood. Mood? I've never heard that. I am a mood reader. I read what I am in the mood for no matter where it is on my TBR, even if it's something I've read before. So like all the vampire books have a section, all the like zombie books have a section. So that's kind of like a genrefication, right? Mm -hmm. But then it's the same with the fairy tales. Like it's not just fairy tales. Like all the Cinderella's are next to each other and the Snow Whites go over here and um, I have like a section for feel good romance and then like adult romance and then like young adult romance. Like, so I, I have it separated by what I'm going to be in the mood to read. So it makes sense to me, yeah. but basically to no one else. That's amazing. That's, That's awesome. I've never heard of anyone organizing their bookshelf that way. And I find it if so If you fantastic. ever come over, if you're, <laughs> you know, just randomly in Las Vegas and you come to my house, <laughs> you, I, I would love for you to just walk around and guess. <laughs> Like, guess the vibe of, of the books. Oh, my God. That'd be fantastic. That like That's, yeah. Meanwhile, my books are just thrown together because I have so – I get so overwhelmed by the amount of books I have. I'm like, you can just – I'll find you later. <laughs> You're just going to be in the stack. I would love to come to your house and just take over for a day Please. or two. Please, just reorganize. Just, <laughs> just organizing is one of my favorite things in the world. So I would love to just, like, take over your life and – Take control Please. of your living your living space. I am chaotic to a T. You can even ask Sam <laughs> Sam that. I'm like, I give I get like I'll start organizing stuff and I'd be like, I give up. I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> okay, I'm sending you a picture Ooh. on Instagram of my library. And it's actually bigger than this because this was when we very first moved in. So I have gotten more books since then. And more decorations because I had fairy oh, wow. loot for a while. And yeah, so so this is what it looked like two days after we oh, moved wow. in when I finally got it all unboxed. Oh, wow. Yeah, you do have a lot of books. Yeah. And there's space in between each shelf. So if I really need another shelf, we'll buy one and we'll have to move all of those. <laughs> mm. But this I... is just my books. I have a, a like a, an office that has all my books for, for like work and when I was getting my master's and stuff. So... I probably have a lot more than what you see there, but like, the, you know, they're not fun books. They're like, eth- they're you know, I'm looking at one right now that says eth- ethics of librarianship in high schools. Like, that's not fun, you know? Yeah. There's another now, one that says research process connecting young adults and literature with educational systems. Like, that's not fun. No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Do you do you get rid of any of your books or do no. you like because you know you don't so I I feel like I would have <laughs> if I get rid of a book 
I really didn't like it. Mm. I got rid of Stitching Snow. Mm. That was one I really didn't like. I've been very vocal about that on the podcast. That book caused me a lot of frustration. Um, and I definitely was like, nope, somebody else can have this. But for the oh, most really? part, I, I keep everything. Meanwhile, I um I like so I obviously love to buy books, but every I want to say every first of the year, I usually go through all my books that I've read throughout the year, throughout the years, and I choose which books. I'm like, is this book still impactful for me? Do I still love this book? And I will usually, if not, I'll usually donate it because I am under the mindset of I want to make the perfect library for myself of mm, books that I know I'm gonna I love. love it. Yeah. Yeah, I um what's funny is I'm actually a big weeder when it comes to the libraries that I work in because they serve a purpose and I want my collection to reflect that. But when it comes to my home, I'm a big rereader. I love to read books multiple times if I've enjoyed them. I think I've read The Love Hypothesis like 3 times already. So I genuinely don't get rid of books because I know at some point in my life, I'm going to be like, oh man, what was that one book? I should read it again. And then I'm going to go to my shelf and it's not going to be there. And I'm going to be like, damn it. Yeah. yeah Did I you? I, oh, I, I purged ahead, about 18 books this year. Um, and like Morgan said, like if it's not anything I'm planning on rereading or it's not anything like I think I got rid of a few, mostly podcast books because we were, mm-hmm. I was getting in the habit of buying a lot of books for the podcast and now I just get them as ebooks or audiobooks. Um, and or they, check them out from your local library. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because um, your library should have ebooks and audiobooks. Yeah, I still need to get, um, a, uh, I've been in my city for two years and I still have not gone to the library yet and I should. Well, I need to now get your friend is app. judging you because she's a librarian and oh you need gosh. to go get a library oh card. My gosh. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. I'll go get one this week. I promise. I'll send you a picture. Um, Thank you. I need, I need to get on the Libby app. But yeah, I like my. I have a singular bookshelf that grateful for my husband. He built it himself by hand. Um, <gasps> That's beautiful. I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it too. It's really cool. Um, but it only has so much space. And so like, I feel the need to like have to weed out and like Morgan says, like cultivate what I want on there. Cause I feel like my bookshelf represents me as a reader. And so mm-hmm. when people see my bookshelf, I want them to like, see what I, who I am as a reader, I guess is the best way mm-hmm. to say it. Yeah. Meanwhile, I get that. my bookshelf, uh, n- no one needs to look at my bookshelf cause it's just ugly, but yeah, same. I got rid of 30, I got rid of 30 books this year. Which is a lot. I would say like what I do is at the beginning of the year, I go through what I haven't read yet and I'm like, okay, that's a goal this year. Yeah. See, I have so many books. I think I have over – well, okay. I've been reading a lot. I'm not allowed to buy books until I read a big chunk of my TBR list because I think I have 130 or 140 books on my TBR bookshelf that I have not read. And that's not me including like ebooks I have on my like iPad. So mm-hmm. it's just a lot. But I um, – I just I need to read them because I cannot I'm not allowing myself to buy any more books, but I will not get rid of them because I'm like, what if I love this book? Like, what if I just get rid of it and I'm like, oh, I love like I found out that I missed a good read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need so I, too many books. <laughs> I sent you what my bookshelf looks like. Let me pull it. I should pull it up right now so I can see how beautiful it is. It's see, really why cool. is it your book? Have you gotten more books since I last saw you? I want to talk about. it. I'm judging I you. I love this. I'm judging you. I love the shape of it. It's so unique. It's it's super cool. And he like built the design. I never saw it. It was a Christmas gift. So I didn't even know what it was going to look like till the day I saw it. Um, 
Yeah. And now just zooming in so I can see everything that you have. Um, <laughs> I'm like, what do we have the same of? I also have the stand-in, but I haven't read it yet. American Royals was amazing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've read Harry Potter. I mean, I'm 33, so I feel like everyone my age yeah. has either read it or hates it. Yes. It's half my personality. I can't say anything. Right? <laughs> I always tell people. Life. I always tell people because I get people that are like, how can you still like Harry Potter? I'm like, look, that woman turned out to be not a very nice person, but I will mm-hmm. not let her ruin my childhood. Okay? Exactly. I, she um, has taken enough from the world already. Mm-hmm. I just say that Harry Potter wrote the Harry Potter series. I'm like, she didn't write that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it. Um, what's your house? I'm Ravenclaw. Yes. Oh. Sam, don't get all excited. Listen, listen. It's the best house. I love you. Uh, it's the best I house. would kind of disagree. I think us Hufflepuffs have the best house. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, my husband is um, a Slytherin, mm-hmm. and then one of my sisters is a Hufflepuff, and the other one is a uh, uh, Gryffindor. Oh. So uh, w- where I work, I'm like – I'm. I would say I'm mostly the only book reader there, but I'm really close with my boss. So whenever she interviews people, I always make her ask, A, their Zodiac sign, and B, what their Harry Potter house is. So oh that God, way I, I – love like, it. Where do you work? Uh, I work in a bakery. So okay, when that's I, allowed. I'm like, yeah, my yeah. job would never allow me to do that. Like, where <laughs> yeah. do you work? This is so cool. No, no, no. I work in a very, very like low key place where okay, because just... my job would be like, we need to talk about boundaries. You have an appointment <laughs> with HR. Like, <laughs> no, no. My my boss is like, like every single time she's like, I, I'll like run up to her. I'm like, what do they say? And she's like, I can't believe you're making me ask them this question. <laughs> but they're like a Gemini and Gryffindor. I'm like, okay, I know who they are as a person now. <laughs> I have judged you fully. Listen, she was trying to tell me when my child was allowed to be born based on zodiac signs. So let's just he cannot be a cancer. He is not allowed to be a cancer. No, yeah, cancer. And I'm saying that as a cancer. He's not. He's a. He's not allowed to be a cancer. As a cancer, I'm allowed to say that. Oh my god! Stop. Mm -mm. (laughs) No, he'll be a Gemini. It'll be fine. It'll be be fine. He'll be a Gemini. Gemini. He'll be a Gemini who who's a Hufflepuff. And he'll be very grateful for it. Yes. yes. <laughs> if he get if if he becomes a cancer, when I first see him, I'm gonna be like, I love you, but why couldn't you just stay like come out when you're supposed to come out? <laughs> Listen, you can come up to my house and start giving him pep talks to my belly. Okay. Oh, uh, don't worry, I will. I will also um, require you to take the headphones and put it around your belly, so that way I can also give him prep tops <laughs> away. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Distance away. Oh, I love you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Anyways. Anyways. (laughs) Welcome back to whatever that was podcast. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about what you are currently reading. That goes with bookshelves. I kind of turned it around. Yeah. 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 Um, Right. Sam, do you want to start first? Yeah. So I am currently reading um, How to Sell a Haunted House by Grady Hendrix. Uh, oh. I, I'm I am not a horror reader, but uh, Morgan actually got me into Grady Hendrix, um, and about halfway through it, and it's it's really I I love I don't know what it is about Grady Hendrix writing because there's nothing I can like specifically put like my finger on, but like I love their writing, it's amazing, and it like even though nothing like super exciting is happening at any moment in time, it's like 
there's always that creepy undertone factor and it just makes you want to like keep going because you're like what's going to happen next and like what creepy thing is about to come out um so yeah i love grady hendrix i highly like 10 out of 10 recommend yeah we read um what, what book did we read sam for our podcast from grady Ooh, hendrix the ikea one yeah oh it was horror store horror store yes and so it was um really spooky and i have not read um how to sell a haunted house because you told me it was about dolls and i absolutely hate yeah. dolls i am i hate dolls <laughs> like I, we even had a whole conversation on our last podcast episode about how much i hate dolls and so i probably am gonna skip that book um even though even though i really want to read it because i love grady hendrix but the book that I'm currently reading is actually a book I got from NetGalley. So it's an early release book. And it's called Gwen and Art Are Not in Love by Lex Croucher. And this is a young adult romance novel that is a Thorian legend based. And it's fantastic. And I absolutely love it. But it's coming out in November. I, I don't remember what day exactly. But I think it's like the second week of November. I could wow, be wrong. you got it early. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we get um sometimes we get early release books, which is fantastic. If you have not used NetGalley and you are a yeah. book reviewer, definitely definitely use it because we're Edelweiss. Edelweiss mm-hmm. is a good one. Mm-hmm. I think I get a little bit of perk on that one for the whole library system, but yeah. Um it's still a good one. Yeah, it's I definitely love using it except uh I may have accidentally um, had a bottle or two, uh, not bottle, a glass or two of champagne, and then decided to request a ton of books. <laughs> and on then Edelweiss? I, uh, no, it was on NetGalley, and oh. then they all got accepted, and then and I was like, Sam. <laughs> I know I did the emails, and I was like, um, uh, rest in peace, our our uh, our percentage, because um, NetGalley follows like your yeah uh, strict your rating yeah. percentage. We got back up to eighty percent. We're good. And yeah. I was like, oh, what's going on? I don't remember <laughs> asking for any of these books, and then she told me that story, and I'm like, oh my god, dude, like we gotta catch up. Yeah, my bad. I mean, I re- I'm reading them all, but uh, I probably would have requested only two. But I was like, no, I'm going to request eight. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you're like a super fast reader. Yeah, So you, I you barrel through books. I do. It takes me – usually a 300-page book would take – if I'm focused, if I'm focused and I don't have my phone around me, a 300-page book would usually just take me about three hours to read, if that – three hours to four hours to read. But no. – um, <laughs> I read. I'm like a it takes me like a, a minute and a half per page I am not a fast reader oh no which is why I like audiobooks because I can mm-hmm. do like two point speed and be like mm-hmm. boom done I right? love audiobooks I right? Sam Sam didn't like audiobooks when we first started the podcast we had they're a, a game changer they are I'm telling you they're fantastic I listen Once to I them all the time 1.8 speed it was it was over I was like oh yeah. thank god my friends depending always make- on the book mm-hmm. i can go pretty i can go up to two and then depending on the book i can't go past 1.5 you know it really depends yeah. on the narrator but yeah I, they're just so convenient mm-hmm. i had to go i had to do so many things the other day on my day off, i get two days off a week and for some reason i said you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna schedule the dentist Ooh. the dnz the vet and co- and groceries all in one day that's not fun. Because I'm a martyr, apparently. Ooh. So yeah, I listened to like half a book that day because I was just running around so much. 
Because also, what else are you going to do during yeah. the cleaning besides listen to an audiobook? Like, you're just right. going to listen to the drill? Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> like- exactly. <laughs> exactly. I am I have to go get some um, dental work in, I think, next week. And so I'm definitely bringing my headphones just to listen yes. to audiobooks. Because I – it's the dentist is awkward anyways. So you just got to stare – at them while they're working on your teeth so you're just like I just why not my eyes and pretend Do you? it's not happening yeah. I get, well, well, so I um I'm actually terrified of the dentist I have epilepsy and I'm absolutely terrified that I'll like have a seizure while all that stuff is in my mouth oh yeah so I get gas for everything even if it's just a cleaning I get gas mm. Mm-hmm. So I just like go in and close my eyes and pretend it's not happening oh <laughs> I wish I could get, I get you. I wish I could get gas. Um, I, oh, all you have to do is have like one or two panic attacks while they're in there. And they're like, look, we're never going to get anything done. So here's the solution. Like, yeah. So <laughs> I'm really I'm, like suggesting everyone go do this to get gas. I'm just, that's what happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Is they were like, you are too much to deal with. Oh, gosh. I'm really thankful, though, because my dentist, uh, they're really, really sweet, really, really nice. They always uh, are really um, patient and, like, kind, and uh, they definitely deal with people who have anxiety. Um, But I find it so funny because I had looked at, like, I wasn't sure which dentist I was going to get when I first went there. And I was like, as long as I don't get this one dentist who looks super cute. And then, of course, he walked in. He's like, hi, I'm your dentist. I was like, no! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're cute. No, you're so hot. Take me to lunch and give me the other guy. <laughs> yeah, no, but they're super sweet. Uh, but yeah, the dentist is no fun. But I definitely love audiobooks. Um, we used to be allowed to listen to music while we work. So all during work, whenever I would work, I would always listen to audiobooks, especially because our podcast we have to listen to or we have to uh, talk about a new book. Um, every week so mm-hmm. usually we have about two to three days to read a book um and audiobooks definitely help out and i definitely love them i was gonna say okay. the the whole like books getting released every single tuesday is is it, it needs to be yeah. a monday i need that extra day but yeah i've got a 45 minute uh commute to work back and forth so nice audiobooks is the only way i can keep up with this podcast because we have a wicked turnaround wait right yeah you do I get every other week. I used to do weekly and I was like, whew, no thanks. <laughs> I, I was trying to do weekly while working in internship and grad school and I was like drowning. So I was like, I like I talked to my Patreon and I was like, um, can I take a break? And they were like, yeah, duh. So now I do every other week. That's awesome though. <laughs> it definitely yes. helps though that um, I have, like we have each other um, just because me, Sam, we split up editing. And so that way, like you're not editing every week, like week, but also on top of that, if Sam's having, it's really busy with work or if I'm overwhelmed with something. Cause I think there's been a couple of weeks where I'm like, something has happened and I have to take editing over. Sam does. Um, we're pretty good at like helping each other out and making sure we're not drowning. Um, but in the beginning, it was a little bit tough to like figure it out and be like, what are we doing? <laughs> Should we do this? <laughs> like, we were questioning all of our life choices in the beginning. Right? Yes. Yes. But we have a pretty good rhythm. We were going to take a quick uh, hiatus in the beginning of the year. And me and Sam are such workaholics that we didn't. <laughs> so I think we definitely enjoy doing our podcast and um, doing this. And although yeah. there is some cons to it, we definitely love it. Yeah. So I'm currently reading a couple of things. I just finished Love Theoretically by Allie Hazelwood. 
I was very lucky to get an early copy of that. As soon as I saw it on Edelweiss, I like demanded a copy. <laughs> I'm also reading uh, Epsilon by M.T. Zimney, which is the final book in the Apex Cycle series. Mm-hmm. How the King of Elfheim learned his stories or whatever it's called by Holly Black. And my critique partner, Abigail Spajari, just sent me her new manuscript. So I'm reading it. So I'm going back and forth between a lot of things right now, or at least I'm trying to. I'm trying to balance. Yeah. I I, I have a rule of I'm only allowed to read one book at one time. Yeah. I usually read a book and listen to a book at once. Like I'll read one book and then whenever I'm running around doing things, I'll have another audio book that I go to. And so that's what I was doing with M.T. Zemni and The King of Elfheim. And then I got love theoretically. So I had to I had to stop everything, read that, write the review and send it out. So I'm glad I was able to get that because it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm done with it now. But then I got my my friend's manuscript. So I've kind of paused everything so I can read it. Mm. I, yeah, I, I need to focus on one thing at one time or else I'm going to be, or else you want know I do when I read a m- multiple books at the same time, I forget what plot line goes to what book. <laughs> Oh, really? Like, yes. <laughs> it's really bad. I'd be like, wait, didn't this happen in this book? And I'd be like, oh, no, that's that other book I'm reading. It, yeah. Just I, kidding. I'm pretty <laughs> bad at that sometimes. Understandable. Yes. Totally. So let's talk about some of this beautiful fan art that we have. Oh, yes. First of all, I love these chapters coming up with Thorn and Crest. We're spoiler free, so I won't give away next week's chapters, but you mm-hmm. guys should know that they're amazing. Mm-hmm. And I love them. I the, they're my OTP. Like I yes. I love them. I love them. They're my favorite. Especially because I can see myself as well, okay, I'll be honest with you. I feel like I'm more so um like Ico than Crest, but I love Crest. Like she she's my favorite character in the whole series. I think I'm probably most like Cress. Are you? I'm short and awkward and I'm a hopeless romantic and I yes. want everyone to be my friend and I'm always singing off key. Like, So <laughs> yeah. other than like technology, which I'm not a hacker. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to be like Cress, but I feel like I'm <sighs> – Sam knows this about me. that I'm too sarcastic and sassy <laughs> to be Cress. Oh, to be Cress. Yeah, that's not <laughs> yeah. a trait she has. Yeah, no. I'm very sarcastic and very sassy. Um, so I definitely feel like I'm more of an Ico than a Crest, but I have a special place in my heart for Ico and also, I mean, for Crest and also for uh, Thorn, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, I absolutely love Thorn. He's one of my favorite, like, like book guys. You know, what's funny is I'm such a Crest and I married a Jason. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So, I I don't know how that worked out. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's a programmer for the nuclear mission for mm-hmm. the United States Air Force, so he's very intelligent. Yeah, but he's he's taciturn and stoic. Sam, who would you say you married? Uh, I don't even I don't even know if my husband like matches any of the guys. Honestly, um, I'm definitely more like I leaned into Cinder's uh, character. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I'm just very like good with my hands and I I'm very I'm a I'm a rehab nurse so I'm very like hands-on with stuff and I take care of people and and I love to troubleshoot and figure out what's going on and everything so I definitely lean into Cinder as far as like who I married character-wise I have no idea who my husband would even like begin to <laughs> um I think he'd lean into Jason you think so 
Um, yeah, I would say a little bit. I also feel like he is a little bit, he's a mixture of Jason and a mixture of, I want to say Wolf. Yeah, I can see. I mean, with with like the protectiveness and stuff, he's very protective of me. Not in like, don't put hands on my woman, but like he he makes sure that I'm taken care of and stuff. So yeah, Yeah, I could see exactly. He's like a Jason Wolf hybrid. Yeah, I um apparently I have a correction to make. mm -hmm. Somebody doesn't want to be a Jason. Oh no, he's a Kai apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Because he wants to be the prince and diplomatic. I heard you. So, yeah, I, I stand by my statement. I was going to say, I will, no. not, I will not take away his choice if he wants to be a Kai. That's commentary from the peanut gallery. That is, that happens on a lot of episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that happens on a lot of episodes. He'll just randomly say things that I have to be like, mm, okay, well, edit. Hey, at least he knows what you're talking about. Well, my invisible boyfriend is a thorn. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it so much. Not invisible. You just haven't met him yet. Yes. Your, yes. your dream. Your, the, my, the man you're going to marry. Your future. My future. Who? Yeah. Um, my future uh, sugar daddy is Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> we can only hope. Yeah. No, I definitely love Thorn. I love his um, – how charismatic he is. Yeah. He's definitely very and charismatic. You, you know, I feel like that it's so interesting because that kind of comes through in the art where he's like kind of smiling and he's got like a his I don't know. There's something about his face in this arc where in this art where he actually does look confident. He's like there's an air to him and he's got straight shoulders and he's not slouched and he's got a hand in his pocket like he's kind of leisure and yeah, love it. Yeah. And I definitely love how in that photo you have Crest kind of like, I don't know, I kind of feel like she's kind of staring up at him, mm-hmm. like, looking at him maybe for, like, cues, because he is very confident and very yeah, much opposite yeah. of, like, Cress is, like, like you know, she was pretty much away from, like, everyone most of her life, and yeah. the fact that he, like, she's so drawn to him, and maybe she's just, like, kind of looking at him for, like, social cues, but I, I, I love her dress. I want to do a cosplay of her dress. If you're interested, my my critique partner, Abigail Spagari, made and created this beautiful dress. I'll send you guys a picture. She sewed herself this ridiculously incredible crest outfit that is just beyond impressive. If I oh, yeah. I definitely sent us photos. And she actually looks oh, like wow. a crest. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Such Isn't a pretty beautiful? dress. It's so pretty. She made that herself. Oh, that's so lovely. Yeah. And she could easily be a crest if she wasn't 5'6". Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right? You know what? We could pull it off. Us being so short, we could pull it off. We could We could do that. We could. We just need blonde wigs. <laughs> yeah, I did dye my hair blonde a few years ago so that I could play crest in a cosplay. And I did not look good with blonde hair, you guys. No? <laughs> no, I did not pull it off well. My dark hair suits me for a reason. I I probably would not look good with blonde hair because I'm um I, my complexion is very tan so I don't think I would look good. Maybe I think Sam Sam I think you would look okay with blonde hair. Did you go blonde no. one year? No, I went blonde once and I I am snow white <laughs> and it, it like flushed me right out between my blue eyes and my like super duper fair skin. Blonde does not look good on me. Darker hair looks better. <laughs> 
But anyways, thank you to Shan Lightyear for letting us see that art. Our next art is from Cosmic Nova Flare, who in 2022 was the most shared fan artist for Lunar Chronicles. Oh, wow. That's crazy. That is so cool, right? Yeah. Um, And this is her interpretation of the butterfly outfit. And God, I love this color. I love I love how she's like I don't know I love how when she has her arms up and the butterfly you can see like the butterfly wings I don't know I love this dress this dress is so pretty and you know what when I first read it I couldn't really like think about what the dress actually was but I find it so interesting that in both photos the dresses are pretty much like the same which I absolutely love and I don't know I love the whole butterfly to it and I don't know I want to wear it I just want to wear this dress because it's so pretty <laughs> what do you think Sam? Oh yeah! Oh wow! Yeah, that's super pretty. That's beautiful. I I love butterflies anyway. That is beautiful. I wonder. I you know, I should have done more research into it, but I wonder if um, there was a reason why Marissa Meyer chose like a butterfly to put basically crest in a a butterfly dress. I will have to ask, but oh, I would yeah. venture it has to do with the like imagery of Cress going from being trapped in her cocoon satellite mm-hmm, to being mm-hmm. free with her friends. Mm, that's true. That would actually, you know, I like that. I'm just gonna even if even if she says it's different, I'm gonna take that as like <laughs> what it is. Who cares what the real answer is? It's, this it's is canon what matters. Now, so like that, that's yes. what it is. It's just the rule. Yes. Love it. Yes. Definitely. Works for me. Mm-hmm. So thank you to both those artists, and you can follow them on Instagram, but remember you can also go to princekaifanpod.com to see artwork of them and all of the artwork that has been shared over the last three and a half years, which is an insanely long time to be doing a podcast. Um, Last time, Patreon members got to vote on chapter titles. Chapter 64 is Radioactive by Imagine Dragons. Chapter 65 is The Moment I Knew by Queen Taylor Swift. Chapter 66 is Skin of My Teeth by Demi Lovato. And now we're ready for chapter discussion. Okay, fun. We did it. We got (laughs) here. Cassie from Of Slippers and Spindles would be like, what, Bethany? 40 40 minutes of tangents? Yes, I'm sorry. I mean, you should see my Sam's podcast. We ramble. We'll press record and then we'll start talking about random stuff that does has nothing to do with our podcast. I'm like, okay, let's right? just stop recording it's, real quick and like It's all about the flow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Flow. I try yeah. to bring it back around. I'm working on it, you know? Yeah. You're doing yeah. good. It's good. Thanks. It's all good. We're having fun. <laughs> okay, so last week we left off woke wolf wolf was waking up and uh realizing that he is now a mutant soldier winter was in a suspension tank suffering for letobosis cinder Ico, thorn Cress, and jason are preparing to crash the coronation um but they also have to go and rescue winter so we start off in kai's perspective which we have not had in a very long time so pretty grateful for that it's almost time for the coronation I love this imagery of Kai like walking along the lake with his shoes off and the moon mm-hmm. is like the earth is rising over the moon. Mm-hmm. Like uh, I just love the image of Kai like forlorn and melodramatic and kicking the rocks in the water as he stomps around. He's being a little bit emo. I love it. I'm here for it. Yes. He, right, yes. he has the right yeah. to be emo. This, this poor kid. As emo as he wants. Yes. I also like the fact that um, it's like a it's like 
a time for him to like reflect on what like everything that he's going through and wondering about like cinder if cinder's alive and thinking like well the body that they dragged out is not like he knows obviously it's not her um but that worry he has and that overwhelming like pressure that he has of like everything that's happening um and i feel i honestly feel for him because at that point i would just sit down and start crying because i wouldn't be able to hold it together I don't know how he's able to do it either. Um, I just think it's incredible too, that he's just like, I'm going to do at at the end of the day, whether um, they really do like if Cinder's no longer here or she is like, I'm going to do like absolutely anything in my power to make sure that like the treaty between Luna uh, and earth doesn't get signed and whatever I have to do to take out Levana. So basically he's talking about making like the ultimate sacrifice. He's going to sacrifice his life regardless Mm -hmm. um just to kind of make sure that his plans go through and i mean that that takes a lot of courage Mm -hmm. it does it does yeah i also think the fact that he thinks about the fact that he just wants this like he wants to have a good relationship with lunar and he wants to because like before they did have a good like um relationship in which that they were like giving natural resources and material and then in return Luna would give like research in like space and um like astronomy and he wants to have that relationship again but obviously that's not possible with Levana on the throne and it's it's I don't know at some point it's frustrating because it's like what can he do as a person and the only thing he knows he can do is he can sacrifice himself and I absolutely love Torin and Kai's conversation when Torin mm-hmm. goes up to him and starts talking to him about you know giving him basically updates and I don't know I love the relationship because I feel like Torin definitely is like a father figure to Kai in mm-hmm. some ways and I don't know I I love it like whenever whenever Kai is talking to him I, I don't know it yeah, makes me happy that he had someone about that a, a lot on the podcast that Torin mm-hmm. is like the ultimate adult of the series mm-hmm. yes like if yes. there's one grown-up that has his together it is con Torin yes which is why I said if I had to have a crush on any character uh, at my age now, a grown woman in her 30s, like, I want to marry Torin. Are you kidding? Uh, uh, I <laughs> oh second that. He would be such a stable husband. He would. Right? He would. I also, I also think, too, it kind of like, like when Kai was saying, like, if I die, um, I've already nominated you as, like, the potential person to take over for me. It just shows you the level of respect Kai has for him. Mm-hmm. Of, like, we if I'm done. gone and I'm not here – you're the one I want to replace me and I'm putting yeah. your name in. And that's incredible because it's just like, because I mean, he didn't know until Kai told him and it's like. And he didn't care. It wasn't no. like his goal or his ambition or anything. He had no desire to like usurp. And I think that just speaks like so much to their relationship with each other that like, yeah. like Torn is like, he's there for Kai and Kai respects him 110%. And that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I also like the fact that they have a secret code of when that they meet, like when they come together, um, they mention someone that they were in a meeting with or that someone that they've met before. Um, and I think that's extremely smart. I probably would have not thought, thought about that. Um, I actually, you know, I have bad memory as it is. So I probably would forget the secret code and be like, oh, wait, what's the secret code? I don't remember. <laughs> um, but I think that uh, Kai and Torin have a really good relationship and 
um, I'm glad that he's there with him and that he's able to be um, not only an advisor, but also like a father figure to him. Yeah. And kind of the the father figure to everyone because there's nobody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. yeah. Bunch of teenagers running around trying to save the world. And then you have to It's always teenagers. Where's the, <laughs> what are the adults doing? Where are the oh, adults? Oh, my God. Um, so he has his port screen back. I do want to mm-hmm. give a little timeline to people. They've been on the moon for um, eight days. And mm-hmm. it's currently November 9th. And he met Cinder back in August. So all of this has happened um, in the last, like, three months. Or I guess August 16th. So August, September, October. So four months. So four mm-hmm. months. That's a, a very – that's a lot of things in a very short amount of time. That You know what? You put it in that, like, time frame. Thinking about it, the fact that Kai is – it's so like like he loves Cinder and he like wants to be with her and wants to marry like he kind of says that he wants to marry her. I'm like after like it's been only four months, dude. Like I don't know myself. I'd be like, um, I like you, but I don't think I like you enough to like to like take down I think all these has people. To do and- with the the circumstances is that he knows a marriage alliance with Luna would be ideal for both of them and mm-hmm. would be ideal for both the Commonwealth and Luna, but also for Earth itself. Yeah. And so he's always tried to avoid that because he hates Lunars. And so I think in the back of his head, he's like, well, if Cinder was the option, it wouldn't have been that bad. That's true. Instead, he got like, like it's hard not for it's hard for his brain to not go there, knowing that she's an option for that same alliance that he was supposed to always have. Yeah. Instead, he got yeah. Lavana, who is legit an adult, and he is a teenager. So <laughs> I don't want to well, think about that. Meh. That's that's very yucky. All yes. The yes. Yes. No, thank you. I do like this conversation that they have about how they're going to sacrifice Wolf. It very much reminds me of World War II and the Manhattan Mm -hmm. Project when they were creating the atomic bombs, um, which is an ethical decision that people still protest Mm -hmm. to this day, you know, 70 years later. So Mm -hmm. I I definitely wonder if he, you know, if he goes through with something like that, what will the history books say about about Emperor Kai, who was, the emperor for four months lost a uh, had to had to deal with this like plague, uh, a mutant attack, and then ultimately blew up the moon. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Probably not very good things about him, and right. and because you also don't think about all the innocent people that he is right. going to basically well, the casualties. Yeah, exactly. Himself, exactly. Yeah. But the casualty is aside, though, like a part of his plan is to make sure that Torin is getting off of the moon with the the antidote. And so you kind of have to look at all sides of like, what what was the level of sacrifice that he make versus for like himself and the people on the moon and the lunars versus the sacrifice of not getting the um, antidote back to Earth where Ludomosis is just rampant. Um, and I kind of like think back to kind of like the COVID-19 and trying to get a vaccine yeah. and everything in the world that we were living in at that point of like, there was this uncertainty of, am I going to live? Am I going to die? What's the world going to look like? And that's the world they're living in is like, they, they're, they're dying and it's just rampant and there's nothing you can do about it. So it's like, will they speak to him highly because he was able to help get 
the antidote or are they going to speak to him lowly because of the casualties he had on the moon? Yeah. It's all about that concept of like the many versus the few. Yeah. The trolley concept. It's, yeah. Which there's, those are things that I deeply emotionally struggle with and I hope I never have to deal with because we all want to think that the right thing would be to save five people instead of one. But is that the right thing to do? I always think back to iRobot. There's a scene in iRobot where the main character is in a car accident and he, a grown man, and an 11-year-old girl are both in the water and a robot jumps in to save them and the robot calculates an algorithm and decides that the man is most likely to be rescued and so he saves the man. And he always regretted that because he thought a human would have known better. A human would have saved the little girl. And that kind of triggers something in my mind because to me, yes, a human, I think a human, any human in that scenario probably would have grabbed the child. Right. So yeah. it's just hard. It's, but yeah. Cause that, it, it, that's, that's robots versus um, nature versus, versus nurture where right. we, see, we see children as the future and the adults as the past. And it's yeah. like, they're, they're the ones who are going to keep on going. Uh, why would we destroy our future when we're trying to save the past? So that, I think that's where that is. But when the robot is trying to, calculate this the survival and the likelihood of someone like living it's looking at survival rate versus um like impact i guess is the best way to put it yeah i i hate questions like that because i don't like to think about it 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 gives me too much anxiety of like who would you save i honestly i would i would just struggle i would be like i don't know like knowing my luck they would all die because i would struggle so bad in deciding <laughs> well, i love um, thought experiments like this because it it kind of like you always want to feel like you're you're a good person and that you're always going to make the right decision until the right decision isn't the clearest decision and then you have to start asking yourself what do i value the most what are my morals what am i going to stand by what do i find is important and i think those are really um, interesting and very powerful conversations to have mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I don't honestly. If I was Kai, I would. I would honestly think I would do the same thing though, because like yeah. in my my eyes, um, you he he does not like like you know they were the reason like Lavana is the reason why his father died. He she's the reason why so many people are are dying or died, um, and his world is is like all they know is suffering because of this virus. And if he can get this antidote to this virus, and even if that means taking people down with him, then he's going to do it. And I think I would do the same thing because I'm very much loyal to my, to my people, like to my friends and to people I love and I would do anything for them. And so even if that meant like having to go down with like a burning ship, um, in order to save them i would do it and you know like i said before i feel like kai has so much burden on him with everything Mm -hmm. that's going on and you know you really handles it so Mm -hmm. well considering how young he is and how Mm -hmm. early he is into his leadership role yeah definitely like we were just talking about how he hasn't known sender long enough to fall in love and get married has he had this job long enough to make this decision that that is completely true Um, yeah yeah, and I, you know, I think that it's it's a difficult decision to make, and I think that 
you know, he's doing as well as he can, but thank goodness Torrin's there to kind of like help advise him and be there for him as not only a friend, but also as a father figure, which I think is fantastic. I think that's a great place to to talk about our chapter titles. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that we've done a very good job and a very thorough job of examining everything in that chapter. Mm-hmm. Morgan, what was your chapter title? Um, so I chose um, "Bury Me Face Down" by Granson. 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 Um, it was like so. I chose this one because it's there's a lyric in the in the song in which um it says like I'm gonna go down with my crown on and it also says that you think you've won but you haven't seen like basically says like you think you've won but you don't realize what I have like to go for me so it kind of reminds me a lot of this chapter because in some ways he thinks that like Lavana thinks that she has them all in like spot like all in the right spots like she thinks that she's playing this game of chess and in real or playing game of checker in reality kai is playing a game of chess and Mm -hmm. like knowing where to go and like just i don't know just like the song just felt like it like the it just felt like a fit very well it sounds like it yeah yeah what about you sam um, so I picked uh, Whatever It Takes by Imagine Dragons. Um, the the first set of lyrics in it is falling too fast to prepare for this. Tripping in the world could be dangerous. Everything circling. It's vulturous. Negative nepotism or nepotist. Um, and I feel like like Kai was thrown into this position very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And now he's having to make these like big decisions that like one false move could uh, mess everything up. If Lavana no- can figure out what he's planning and he's not really paying, like being careful about what his next steps are. Um, it could, it could ruin everything. It could even mean his death a little bit faster. So he's got to be very careful in what he does, but he's willing to do whatever it takes to save his people. Beautiful. Imagine Dragons is very popular right now. I just saw them in concert a couple months ago. So I keep like, this is probably the first time in three or four weeks where I haven't picked them as one of my songs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, I just, their concert was amazing. Everybody should go see them. Yeah. So I picked The Man Who Can't Be Moved by The Script, which is a song most people probably aren't familiar with because I'm older than pretty much everyone who listens to this podcast. But I love this song. It has it has almost nothing to do with this chapter, though. I just really liked the name because this song is actually about a guy waiting on his girl to come back to him. So it has literally nothing to do with this chapter. I just really liked the the title for what Kai is going through and how he cannot be moved. Usually I pick stuff based on the lyrics, but this time that's what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I I had a very hard time because I absolutely love music. Music is one of the things I absolutely mm-hmm. love. And so I was like, I need to make sure the lyrics match up a hundred percent or else I'm not gonna like this. Well then again, it's like you probably ran out of song you probably ran out of songs no. to choose from. Taylor Swift alone has more songs than these books. Listen, I wanted to pick a Taylor Swift song so bad, but I had to stop myself. Oh don't ever stop yourself. Oh yeah, I shouldn't I shouldn't. Did you not hear her introduction earlier, Queen Taylor Swift? Yeah. We just did a Secret Santa for our Patreon, and you had to put things that you were allergic to, and I put I was allergic to Kanye West. 
Oh my gosh. Because uh, you have to fill hilarious. out this questionnaire so people know like what to buy you. And so when it came to allergies, I put Kanye West. You know what? That's the only right answer. That's the only uh, right answer. Right? He is, he is the red flag. <laughs> Even like, Kardashian okay. was like, I should leave. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. I could do a whole like episode just talking about how much I don't like him and how much. Um... <laughs> well, we don't need to give him that power though. No, of course not. Of course not. Right. So let's um, talk about your chapter quotes. Okay. So my chapter quote, I had a couple, but I've decided on this one. And it was, he had been putting his faith in Princess Celine ever before, or even before he found her, even before he known she was the most capable, resourceful, oh my God, resourceful, determined person he ever met, even before he started having fantasies of a royal earthen lunar marriage. And it didn't involve Lavana at all. And you can tell that I read romance novels. <laughs> I quite yes. I love that quote. It just, As you should. Yes. <laughs> it's so cute that he's like really thinking about her and wishing that he can marry her instead. I love um, it. Mm-hmm. So I put, I'm not leaving Luna with this unresolved. She can't be allowed to rule Earth if, if center. If Princess Celine fails, I won't. And um, I just love like it's not like the determination that was in it. Um, I picked a lot of times. I when we were, I was going through the chapters. I picked my quote and then I picked my song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like my quote and my song kind of like married each other a little bit, matched each other we really did. well. Um, and so that I picked that quote. Plus, I felt it was the most powerful quote in the um, chapter. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I think you're right. I think that you were able to find a quote and a song that were very well complementing to each other. Yeah. So my quote was, you are not a murderer. I find it difficult to think of that as a personality flaw. I think a lot of times in dystopic novels, and we see it in this series in several locations, murder is kind of like, eh, comes with the territory. Sorry, that person died. Let's all move on and pretend it never happened. Mm-hmm. But Torin, Kai is actively aware that what he's doing or what he's considering doing goes against a moral code within him. And Torin, who is always the voice of reason, even emotional reason, has really taken a t- the time to show him that these things about himself that he doesn't trust are not things that he should be ashamed of. So mm-hmm. yeah, I just, I really liked that line. And it just, it's again, Torin is the grown up here and it's comments like this that make that very obvious in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also like the fact that um, Torin is also like when, um Torrin's like have you thought about this and Kai's like oh yeah I know this is like the blah 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 and Torrin's like okay I guess you have thought about this um about like what you go through I love that too but yeah definitely Torrin is definitely um Torrin's all the green flags (laughs) all the green flags all the green green flags if if Kanye West is the red flags Torrin is the green I love it yes exactly exactly so let's talk about chapter 68. We are back with the largest group of the Ramphian crew. We're in Cress's perspective. Cress and Thorne are getting dressed. They go to the coronation. They're going to look fly. Iko is kind of hating on Cress because Cress always gets to dress up and Iko never gets to wear fancy clothes. 
Cinder is like, oh, we got to figure this out. Come on. And Jason is like, winter's dying. Hurry the F up or I'm leaving you all behind. <laughs> kind of on Jason's side here. Uh-huh. You can worry uh-huh. about makeup later, but whatever. Yeah. It feels very, obviously it's necessary for the plot. And I'm glad that, you know, Cress gets to look adorable. And of course I love the OTP of Cress and Thorne. But winter is dying and running out of time and they are on a ticking clock. So I'm kind of on Jason's side. Like you're wearing clothes. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I also, I, although I also love the fact that um, when Cress is like, these shoes won't like fit, or I, these shoes are too like uh, high up for me. And she takes them off, and Echo's like, I want to, I want to take them. Ooh, they fit me. I'm gonna wear them. I love them. And I'm like, girl, you are me to a T, because I would have done the same thing. <laughs> like I, no, I've been like, I need her. flat shoes. <laughs> well, listen, I, um, I'm too clumsy to wear high heels. Sam can same. even. Say that, especially when I see a cute guy, I I'm too clumsy around people. No, I could never. But no, I love Iko, and I love that they are like getting Crystal like dressed up, and Iko's all like, "This is ridiculous!" Like I want to go, and I I hope that she goes to a ball. You know, she deserves it. But I definitely am on um, uh, Jason's side too, though, because I would if my friend or my friend or the person I love was in mortal danger, I'd be like, okay. Let's just do the makeup in the car. Come on, let's go. Let's get it done. Let's go. Right. Um, but also, I love I love um, the banter that Thorn and Cress and everyone had when Thorn comes in with his like cute like little like light up shirt and his outfit and I don't know. And I also love the fact that Iko calls him out on everything too. <laughs> She's like, "Stop staring at her legs," and he's like, "Oh, what? I wasn't staring." <laughs> I love it. About? I love it. I absolutely love it. As, like, I, I know I, I'm with Jason, too. Like, let's go. We got something to do. But at the same time, um, sometimes when, like, things are at high stakes, it's sometimes nice to have a little, like, mini breakup of the action and just, like, have I, – I, I don't even know what the what, – what's it called? Slice of life kind mm-hmm. of moment of, like, they're trying to, like, rehumanize everything they're going through because they're doing these like this, like, giant uh, mission and they're a bunch of teenagers. Um, so it was kind of nice to have, like, a couple seconds of – well, we're all getting dressed for the ball and let's let our personality shine before we move on and get to the next like serious action we're going to have to take. Mm-hmm. Right. I also do yeah. really like the, um, the fact that Thorne, um, puts like, he puts, uh, uh, Cress's port screen in his pocket. And you also see that he has like a knife and a gun too. But then also on top of that is like, what else do you have in his pockets? And that's why I think it's unfair that men's clothes are sewn differently because right? like, like I wish I could fit that much stuff in my pockets. Like that's not fair. Meanwhile, Crest is like, I don't know where I'm gonna put anything. Like, where? Like, I have no pockets, no nothing. Uh, meanwhile, like Thorn's like, like a Swiss Army knife. He has all these things in his pocket, his pockets, and I absolutely like love that. Um, but yeah, I'm also jealous of uh, men and their uh, pocket their space. <laughs> Another red flag. <laughs> Definitely. Um, mm-mm. I love the like little sneakity peekities we get of Crescent Thorn, him admiring her and the armor mm-hmm. on the shoulder. And yeah, it's just really sweet. Yeah. So we transition really quickly to Jason's perspective. Jason, Cinder, and Aiko are sneaking into the medical lab so they can get vaccine for winter and everybody else that's in that, uh, that's in that district. I forget what it's called. 
sector. Given yeah, that yeah, sector. Yes. They all have different names, you guys, in every dystopia. I know, I was, they have to have a different it. name. Yeah. <laughs> a scene here that's really interesting. We've heard before that Jason wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. He told Crest or he told Cinder that when they were in Farafra. He mentioned it a couple of times in his inner monologue earlier in this book. And now we're told, like, well, this is why what you could have been doing as a doctor not healing Mm -hmm. people but torturing unconscious shells Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and the whole like when you see the fact that there is all these shells in these rooms and that it's like it's for first off it's sad beyond belief because these families think that they these children like because there is a child in there they think they're they're taking these people just to like um, as like captivity and in reality they're being tortured they're being tested upon and they're like being viewed as not even human or not even lunar and right. it's it's like disgusting and it's sad and the fact that cinder sees this and you can tell that you know she's she knows that she's gonna come back and save them mm-hmm. one day um but it's like i think he even said um uh, uh, Jason even said that if he he wanted to always help people and that if he didn't help like he knows that if he was a doctor he wouldn't be helping people he'd be harming them which is actually right. a really interesting thing to think about the fact that he just wants to help people and but with the way the world is and the way Luna, like Luna is he, he would be doing the opposite and it's it just really sad like it doesn't seem to suit his personality like mm-hmm. meeting Jason and getting to know him on the outside, it's like, why would he want to be a doctor? What do you mean he wants to help people? This doesn't match anything I've learned about him. Yeah. But when you get to actually know him, when especially when we get his inner monologue mm-hmm. and we get to see things through his perspective and Winter's perspective, we see that he's actually a very caring individual, but his yes. self-preservation has not allowed him to reveal that to the world. Yes, definitely. I definitely love the fact that uh, – like how he is with winter and how I, I like think that he is going to be like, he wants to be a doctor mostly protect to protect winter um, mm-hmm. and to be there for winter. Keep in mind, I've read the book. Uh, I've read the book last year again, and then I reread it real fast um, this week again. So I could be missing some points, but I definitely think the reason why he wants to become a doctor is because of the fact that he wants to, in some ways, help Winter. And I think that shows you how like good of a friend he is to Winter and how good of a person he is too, because he just wants to help someone. Um, but Sam, what did you feel about this, especially since you are in the medical field? Um, well, it broke my heart because I mean, a lot of times when people get into medicine, um, no matter what, what level of medicine they get into, um, it, it's ultimately they'll, they'll always tell you that at, at its core, it's to help people. It's to make people better. It's to change people's lives. And so when you find out that your dream of, helping people is not what you would have been doing. It's almost like, Mm -hmm. it's like a punch in the gut of like, this isn't what I was going to sign up for. And this isn't what I was going to do. And this is now the reality is sitting in his face of like this, this would have been his reality had he gone through with becoming a doctor. And that's, that's really sad. Like it makes you really upset that like this dream that I've had this whole time is not the reality that it it was going to be. And Mm -hmm. that kind of breaks my heart into a million pieces. It is, it is kind of the dream versus the reality. Um, 
and I think it applies to a lot of different things to mm-hmm. careers, relationships, marriage. I can't tell you how many, my husband and I actually, t- tomorrow we will celebrate 10 years of marriage and we got married. Aww. I was only 23 when we got married. And I remember oh. so many people telling us like, oh, you're way too young to be making that decision. And I I know that like most of the people we met in high school who got married around the same age, they are not together anymore. Mm-hmm. They are like hella unhappily divorced. Like They're like happily divorced because they had like such bad marriages. It's because like the dream of like falling in love and getting proposed to and having a wedding is very different than the reality of having an actual marriage. Yes. And I think it's the same thing with like a job. Like I've wanted to be a librarian my whole life since I was like seven years old. I worked my tiny little took this off to get that stupid master's degree. And it took me a year to find a job. And I'm basically a page. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A year after getting my master's degree, I have one of the highest levels of education in my district and only the second lowest job. Oh, that's wow. insane. But, that but that's the reality of my circumstance, right? Yeah. The dream was to be a librarian, but the reality is that I put books on a shelf and watch other people be librarians. But I think it's the same thing. I think everyone has at least one instance in their life where they can say that a dream they had did not match the reality they experienced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I think too it like I, I when you when you go through your education process, I feel like it's it's the job of the people educating you to try to kind of try to show you the reality of what you're going to be going through. Um, mm-hmm. With nursing, I really love that we are unless you got your degree in Florida, but we're not gonna talk about that. But if you Damn, uh, Sam, <laughs> I'm throwing so much shade at that. But um, yeah, one of the requirements for us to get our licenses is we have to have so many hundreds of hours of clinical time. We have to be on the floor. We have to be in the nitty gritty of it. Um, and I feel like a lot of times when people see the reality of what you're about to walk into, that you are going to be taking care of sick people and that it's not as, I guess, glamour I don't know why nursing is glamorized but it's a very glamorized job for some reason and when you finally pull that curtain back and see the the unglamorous parts of it then you get to see the reality of what you're actually going to be doing and that's when you can make the good decisions it's very like disillusioning yes yeah yeah like even in my career career because I went to um culinary school um to become a baker and um or pastry chef and um, we would have to do internships. So you'd be mm-hmm. at school for a couple of months and then you would have to, on your own, set up your own unpaid internship, which was basically hell. Um, but you would have to set up your own internship and work at either a bakery or a restaurant so that way you can learn your, like, how to, um, like, like how it would be to actually work in that industry. And unfortunately, a lot of people in my own class like dropped out after a while because it's a very intense, high stress career. Um, I mean, although, of course, being a nurse is really stressful too. (laughs) Well, and I know my sister, Samantha, went to school to be a pastry chef. Mm -hmm. She always wanted to be a pastry chef. But she had a dream versus a reality. What happened Mm -hmm. was she read a book called Savor This Moment by Nora Roberts. It's actually a very beautiful book. I recommend it. The main character is a pastry chef. She basically has her own business where she bakes whatever the hell she wants for this wedding venue. 
That is not the reality of no. what happens when no. you get to culinary no, school no, or when no, you finish no, no, no. culinary school or when you're looking for a job. Mm-hmm. And she basically had to settle for entry-level cook positions everywhere. And she yeah. was like, I'm just I'm just running errands and letting people scream in my face. Yep, She's like, pretty- I worked my ass off for two years so that people who are less talented than me can scream in my face. And I was like, yep. I mean, that's that's the gig sometimes. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, I think being in the food industry, I laugh about it a lot of times too with uh, my friends because in reality, like it's just food. It's not a big deal. But I used to have um, instructors who would come up to our cakes and hold up rulers and make sure that we're um, like our cakes were straight and that they were unbalanced. And I spent many times in the walk-in freezer just crying over this. So it's mm-hmm. definitely um, a lot different than um, Cake Boss and from other bake like definitely a lot different from other like cooking shows and a yeah. lot like super stressful thankfully the job i have now although at times it can be stressful because of the customers um but besides that um i work in the very relaxful calm place and it's like it's just really easy and really chill and it's definitely a lot different than actually working in a high end restaurant which is where I used to work before, which was very stressful and not a fun place to work. So there definitely is a like reality versus like what you actually thought it was going to be like. So yeah. I definitely and I feel. Think that, mm-hmm. I think that this is a good example of that, of Jason thinking he was going mm-hmm. to help people and heal people and make them better. Um, and in reality, he would have been doing this. He would have been torturing people and running research labs on them. And then it would have been the question, because it's going against like everything he wanted to do, what would his reaction have been if he found out what the reality of becoming a doctor would have been? You know, I'm not sure because he wouldn't want to leave winter. He would still feel a dedication and a love and, and, you know, that, that bond would still be there. But I think part of him would, would probably put more effort into escaping at that point. Yeah. Like finding a way to take winter and get the hell out of there. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, unfortunately, I don't think I don't think that winter would go. No, I don't think so either. It would be mm-hmm. very difficult. But at the same time, you know, winter winter's life was greatly impacted when Jason became a guard, and it's possible mm-hmm. that her life would have been different had he not been a guard, and she mm-hmm. might have been a little bit more open to leaving. Yeah, yeah. The whole situation is just messed up. I don't like. A part of me kind of feels like as soon as he realized that he was testing on other people, I feel like it would be hard for him to work that job. But I also feel like maybe he could just like, like, I don't, like, I feel like he could. I think, I think he would mm-hmm. suck on purpose. Mm-hmm. We see Jason deliberately make himself look stupid or foolish so that people will underestimate him. Mm-hmm. I think if he were put in this position, he would deliberately make himself stupid and useless so they would give him like a desk job. Yeah. Weaponized incompetence. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I think he would be like, oh no, I dropped a vial again. And they'd be like, you know what? This stuff is too important. Why don't you go answer emails? Yeah. (laughs) You know what? That is so smart. And I would, I would totally do that too. But then again, I'm very clumsy. So it probably wouldn't be on purpose. (laughs) It would just be, that's just what would happen. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. I'd be like, um, you should not touch this. And I'd be like, oops, my bad. But yeah, I definitely feel for him. 
And I also feel for him seeing like, also on top of that, you also got to re- remember that these shells are actually lunar, like they're lunars too. So these are his people too. And mm-hmm. seeing his people, like his people in some ways, um, like basically being tested on like that probably has to do something to you too. But then again, maybe it's just like he is all a part of a war and people die in war and it's just, it's just difficult. And that's what happens to Cinder in this moment too, because these are her people and Mm -hmm. she feels Mm -hmm. genuinely responsible for them. And when she looks at these, these shells in these comatose tank, it, it almost ignites her more. Like Mm -hmm. Jason even says he can see it in her face that when she looks at this room, all she sees is her next goal. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I do, I feel the same way like that. I would come back and, and save them all. And, um, return them to their their families because he imagined how their families feel losing their children and and thinking and that not realizing children. that they mm-hmm. were alive yeah and being tested on and yeah the whole the whole situation's messed up um and I you know I would be the same thing with Cinder wanting to save them and bring them yeah. so, like back yeah. to their family so let's talk about your song choices for this one um. Sam, do you want to go first? Yeah, so I went with uh, The Devil Doesn't Bargain by Alec Benjamin. Um, and I I went the reverse of the last one where, like, I um, – my quote in my uh, song match, they don't this time. But it's the idea of, like, Lavana has um, – like, she's she's – these shells are here and this is their way of life. And that nobody's really questioning it and that this is just how they do things. And even though it goes against what Jason's feeling, if he had become a doctor, he probably would have gone through with doing it. So like the devil doesn't bargain. He, you, you will do what the devil um, tells you to do. So. Mm. Um, well, I went, well, I, I don't know. I feel like I kind of, <laughs> I kind of went with my quote, but this, the one I chose would, would, it's called, would you be so kind by duty, which is a really cute song. Um, the reason why I chose it is because of the lyrics. Cause it reminds me a lot of like how Crest feels about, um, thorn, thorn. So, uh, the lyrics are, I have a question. It might seem strange. How are your lungs? Are they in pain? Cause mine are aching think I know why I kind of like it though you want to try oh would you be so kind as to fall in love with me you see I'm trying I know that you you know that I like you but it's not enough so will you please fall in love with me and I was like I don't know I thought about Cress because how much Cress has a crush on Thorn and um how much she just like I'm not saying that he doesn't like her because obviously he likes her but the song just really reminded me of um Cress and Thorn Oh, I got all the goosebumps, dude. Did you? Oh, <laughs> I got goosebumps. Ooh, yay. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's a super yeah. cute song. What did you pick? Mine was Worldwide by Big Time Rush because I wanted to show my age multiple times in one episode. I love this song. I think it perfectly describes Winter and Jason's entire relationship. Mm-hmm. But he could never stop thinking about her no matter what part of the universe he was in. Literally when he was on Earth is what I'm referring to. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the moment. This is his I have to get to her moment. And um, I love the idea of him like no matter where he is, no matter what he's doing, he is prioritizing Winter. He has to be with Winter. Um, and so this song is super sweet, by the way. 
Such an adorable song. Even if it is cheesy, I don't care. I love Big Time Rush. Thank you. Very vindicated right now. Yes. You calm me down. There's something about the sound of your voice. Nobody can get through to Jason. Like literally nobody but Winter. That's not an exaggeration. I'm not being facetious. It's just Winter. It's only Winter. And I love the I'll be thinking about you worldwide because of the concept that he's constantly like thinking about her no matter where he is in the universe. I think this part is a little more winter, but I may meet a a million pretty girls that know my name, but don't worry because you have my heart. I think that's winter. I think Mm -hmm. winter, everyone she meets, they're like, oh my God, you're like totally beautiful. But all she cares about is Jason. Yeah. She just wants Jason. Yes. And I love that. Yeah, I completely agree though that Winter or that Jason or Winter's the only person that Jason would listen to cuz and I love that. I, maybe that's a little toxic for me to like, but I don't know. I like that. I like the fact that he's constantly there for her and that he constantly like that she is his person. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I love that. And the last oh. one that makes me happy, baby won't be long. You're the one that I'm waiting on. Baby won't be long. He's try- he's going to be there as soon as he can. And he's the one that Winter's waiting on. Yeah. Because I also wonder how he, how he is feeling with, like, Winter being, like, sick. And how, like, like knowing that she doesn't have that much time. Um, and I think why- that's why he's like, why are you guys getting dressed? Like, yeah, let's, let's go. go. Yeah. 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 Do your like what like what you said. Do your makeup in the car. Come yeah. on, yeah. Let's just go. <laughs> Nobody cares what you look like. We we got a life to save. Right. Let's go. I have yeah. priorities. My girl yeah. needs me. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about your quotes for this one. So me, Sam, we chose the same one <laughs> because you nice. know you know we're we're, we're best friends because like um I was like looking through which one <laughs> Sam chose. I was like same we chose the same one for every single one and so i was like you know this one we're not going to change it we're just going to choose the same one so the same do you want to read the one that we chose yeah so it says thorn scoffed careful is my middle name right after suave and daring um and i i don't know i i enjoyed the like little slice of life that was at the beginning of this um and thorn that was just like a good like comedic comedy come oh my god i can't talk comedic relief um and i just i always like his comments anyway he always makes like the most like ridiculous comments and they just make me smile and giggle at him so i just appreciated it it's just his personality Yes. And I definitely love the fact that Cinder tells him right afterwards, do you even know, or do you even know what you're saying half the time? I don't think he does. No, (laughs) I don't think he does. No, I think that he just says whatever comes in his, like, in his mind, he'll just say it. Um, I I just love how, I just love him. I feel like Thorin thinks he's smoother than he actually is. Um, I think he's very smooth, Sam. I, you know, I, I think, he, think he's you know what? very. He is, he is grade A dork. I appreciate grade A dork, but he's grade A dork. I adore. Him. I love it. I live for it. I don't even care. I love it. Uh, you better, or else we were not going to be friends because oh I absolutely <laughs> <laughs> adore Shots him. Shots fired. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Rest in peace, just on one page podcast. We we've had a good yeah, run. Yeah, yeah. We had a good run. <laughs> we had a good run. <laughs> Mine was in reference to Jason and Cinder. He suspected she was already planning the moment when she would come back here and see them all freed. 
Mm. I suspect mm. he's right. Yes. And yes. I, yes. I appreciate that Jason notices that about her. This is one of those moments where, you know, if we think back to the to book three, to Cress, when Jason, like, became a part of the crew for a little while before he betrayed them, mm-hmm. I don't think he really knew what was happening. First of all, he didn't believe for a second that Cinder was important, and he didn't yeah. know she was Princess Celine. He thought she was just, like, some rebel who was like, I hate the queen, and he was like, eh, that sounds like a fun afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he found out who she was, he was like, oh, well... That's helpful, actually. I can't wait to tell Winter. But now he's saying that she's actually capable of doing things. She's actually capable of getting done. And not just that she's capable of it, but she in her heart wants to do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also think, though, that maybe um, Jace is not – or he's not used used to seeing people who can have power. Yeah. Um, And I think that's a huge thing about it, too, because also, like, he lived in a world in which, like – it's a dog eat dog world where like Lavana can and other people can make him do things and maybe he just doesn't trust Cinder because I wouldn't have trust trust her either. I would just like be like, I don't really know who you are. I'm just gonna look out for myself kind of thing. Um but yeah, no, I definitely think that um I would have done the same thing. Especially if I don't know you and I don't trust you. It's hard to know like who to trust and um where where you know like who these people are but yeah i definitely love jace though (laughs) yeah he's he's one of the most underrated characters i wish we got more time with him in winter you know what i wish that um we got you know what i wish i wish that we got books but in and i know we have like their point of views like now and everything that but i would love to have books about like each of the guys like just solo books of each of the guys i don't know why i just i would love that also i just like would love more fan art of them because i don't know i'm obsessed i'm obsessed with thorn if you cannot tell he is my he's my favorite at all you can't tell sam no clue no No idea (laughs) definitely I didn't pick up on that at all, actually. No? (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, Okay, so let's talk about chapter 69. It's our last chapter for today. It's Mm -hmm. very short. Mm -hmm. Yes. We're in Jason's perspective. They get into the lab. They get the antidote. Sienny, like Sienny, <laughs> Cinder is a little bit broken inside because she was not able to save Peony in time. And all of this, all of these antidotes could have saved Peony and so many more people. And they were just sitting here, just sitting on the moon, not even being used. And Jason is, is like, I gotta go. My girl needs me. And Winter is waiting for him. And Iko decides that she's going to distract the research lab so that they can leave and get out. And Jason and Cinder escape, prepared to go find Winter and save save the princess. Yeah. No, I have a question. Would you do the same thing as Ica? Would you? Would yeah. you? Did, you would. What about you, Sam? Yeah. yeah. I, um, I. Well, it's the it's the many versus the few. In which yeah. case, I am the few, and I'm perfectly comfortable with sacrificing my life. It's other people's lives that I get really like discomforted mm-hmm. with. And mm-hmm. I feel like Aiko sacrificed herself knowing that Cinder would still come save her. And she even says yeah. it too. Like, yeah. she You'll has, come for me. Yeah. She, uh, yeah. she has all this confidence of like, 
you've got my back and I've got yours. And I know that you're, you're going to come for me. So I'm going to make sure that you can get out and do what you got to do and then um, come find me later. Right. Yeah. Sam, I would do the same for you. Um, and cause like, I know that you would also come after me and come find me too. Um, but I also think that, that Cinder, how she didn't want Aiko to go. And, but Aiko was like, no, you, you got me. I know you're going to come after me. I don't mind it. And also I, I just love how she's like, Hey, sorry to interrupt. Like, <laughs> like, like, I just, I don't know. I love her personality. Just, just pure Aiko fashion. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm yeah, not. just walks her. She wasn't, like, sneaking around. She wasn't, like, okay, if I do this, they'll get caught. She, like, walks right in and she's like, hey, what's up? I'm Aiko. Yeah. <laughs> Hi. What are you here. doing? Look, a distraction. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I absolutely adore her. Also, um, I'm glad, though, they were able to find the antidote. Uh, so, I th- I think that I'm glad though they found it because I feel like some in some books things are like it takes forever for things to happen. Um, yeah. So I'm glad that it, it was a very quick thing of like they didn't have to spend chapters among chapters in this lab trying to find it. It's like nope, we're there. We found it. We're gonna go, and we're gonna yeah, have. I, I agree. Yeah, and also the whole like the, her whole thinking about um, like about her um, her sister dying and how she could have been saved. That is so frustrating. To think that she could have been saved. To think that um, if if Lavana wasn't Lavana, and then this would... I mean, then again, this virus wouldn't have been, even been created. But, like, the fact that this cure was up here the whole time. And she could have had her, like, her best friend, her sister, to be alive. So, it's, it's just frustrating. Yeah. It is. I agree. Yeah. It's also, if I remember correctly, because Cinder was forever ago but she got really close to saving peony like she was there yeah the inches away and yeah so i feel like that she has the same sense of urgency that jason does because now they've got to go get winter and mm-hmm. there's a timeline attached to it and i don't feel like she wants to be another missed opportunity another peony um, yeah because i don't think she would survive if another peony happened yeah right um so also in the chapter um jason he get jason gives cinder his gun um and I think that this also kind of in some ways shows that he – in some ways he trusts her to give her a weapon. But also the fact that he knows that he wouldn't be able to fight um, fight against them. Um, and, you know, I think that it's, it's also scary to think that someone else can control you and that you have no way to fight against them in some ways. Um, and right. it's, it's frustrating too. Um but I definitely think that if someone handed me um, a weapon, I I would – it would not be <laughs> – I would be struggling. <laughs> I'd be like, uh, I do not want this. You can have this back. <laughs> no, right? thank you. <laughs> I would drop it or something. Yeah. Shoot somebody's toe off. Like, it would just – it would not go well, you guys. Yep. Well, I, <laughs> I will – listen, listen. I will protect everybody. Y'all are good. I've, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. That's why I always tell Sam if zombies ever come out um, – I'm, I'm, I told her I'm going over to her house. My husband's half an arsenal we have here for no reason. Because <laughs> he likes to hunt. My husband also doesn't like guns. So, yeah. you know, I do have plenty of mace. Ooh. Mm. I, Does yeah. anyone want mace? I can handle that. <laughs> you know, what? I also, I also, I, I, I do not, I don't like guns, um, but I do know axe throw. So there's that. Like, I have that. Okay. 
Um, that I'm means- really good at um, my weapon. I'm really good at screaming really loud. Ooh, yes. Go. And I was a cheerleader, so I'm not exaggerating. Oh, I was a so cheerleader That's all I too. have, though. <laughs> that's all I have is I can project my voice. Woohoo. Woohoo. You know what? It's something, though. Um, <laughs> we all bring something to the table. That's all that matters. Yes. Right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. I'll heal any wounds anybody has. Let's talk about your song choices for this one. Oh, okay. So my song choice was Where You Lead by Carol King. Now, this is the theme song to Gilmore, Gor- Gor- Gilmore Girls. And I'll be honest with you, I don't like Gilmore Girls, but I love Carol King. So I was like, I should just choose it anyways. Uh, and so the reason why I chose this song is because there's a quote in this, and it says, um, it says, um, I would go to the end of the world the earth because darling to me that's what you're worth where you lead i will follow anywhere anywhere that you tell me to if you need if you need you need me to be with you i will follow where you lead if you're on the road feeling lonely so cold all you need to do is call my name and i'll be there and that really made me think about Iko and cinder and how like how Iko and cinder would do anything for each other and be there for each other so yeah what about you sam um, so I did uh, Count on Me for Bruno Mars. Um, oh, yeah. So um, for two reasons. One, um, Aiko um, says to Cinder that she knows, like, basically, you you have my back and I know you'll come find me. Uh, but then at the same time, like, they need to go and get Winter and give her the antidote and everything. So it's kind of like, just like friendship all around of, like, you can count on me and I can count on you and we're we're kind of there for each other. And so it's like like I'm always there for you. So yeah, you can count on me by Bruno Mars. Love it. So mine was, uh, she is love by parachutes. Another, mm-hmm. um, connection of winter and Jason. Ooh. I've been beaten down. I've been kicked around, but she takes it all for me. Uh, yeah. Jason has had a really rough life. I'm specifically thinking of when he got whipped on the back like a barbarian. Yeah. And Winter came to visit him. Yeah. Yeah. They call her love. She is love. And she is all I need. Well, I had my ways. They were all in vain. And she waited patiently. I don't necessarily think Jason is vain, but I think he gives off that impression because he does play himself as as sort of a dumb, pretty face. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I think that Winter has been very patient with him because she's made it quite obvious that she's in love with him for years. Yeah. And she doesn't push him. She doesn't pressure him into admitting that he loves her. She's just like, I look, I know. I mean, you don't have to say it because you're not going to apparently. But like, I know. So it's fine. Yeah. It's also just a really beautiful song by a beautiful band. So I highly recommend everyone go and listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about your quotes for this one. Yeah, I love that. Oh, okay. Um, so my quote was, in, of course, I had to choose from Iko because I absolutely love her. She's the queen. I love her. But I said, in case the quote I chose was, in case you don't recognize me, I happen to be good friends with Princess mm-hmm. Celine because I just, <laughs> I love how chaotic she is. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sam, what is your quote? 
Okay, so my quote was, like I said, I'd do anything to keep you safe. Besides, if anything happens to me, I know you can fix it. Which was mm-hmm. Iko talking to Cinder mm-hmm. about her just going out in front of those guys and trying to be a full distraction. Uh, which I felt like that quote and then my song kind of like mixed together with like, the you can count on me thing. Um, and I just, I, I love that Iko has like all this faith in Cinder of like, I don't have to worry. I know you've always got my back. Like you've fixed me before. You've put me in weird places. I was this entire giant ship at one point. Like, I know, <laughs> I know you got me. So it's like, we've come back from worse, girl. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've, I don't know. It was just like a nice, like, like friendship moment for Iko and uh, Cinder. So I really like that quote. I do too. Yeah, I love their friendship. I do too. So mine was this. It's in. It's Jason saying in reference to the vaccine, "This is going to save winter." Uh, it's kind of like what you were saying. There's like an assuredness to it, because he's mm-hmm. like, he's like, I'm manifesting this into the world. This is gonna save my girl. Yeah, and yeah, I just the two of them don't get enough. We don't get enough page time with them, so every little drop counts. Yeah, and listen, I love the fact that Jason, he has no other, like, option of this not working. It's going to, like, in his mind, there's no other option. It's going to work. Yeah. Point blank. There's a, there, and mm-hmm. there doesn't need to be another option because it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally. I agree. So let's yeah. – wait, that's it. We did it. Okay. Those of you listening, Yay! we did it. No, no, but this is really exciting for us because we had a couple hiccups yeah. and we were all like just yes. slightly melodramatically terrified. So <laughs> Like, you know, like running around my room screaming, you know, chaotic this. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. It yeah. just solidified a new friendship. That's all that happened. Yeah. We're, all, we're all like – trauma bonded yeah now. i like yeah. it i like trauma bonding it works well for me yeah um, <laughs> so this week uh there was one easter egg the bonus word hair appeared once gloves happened three times and captain was once Ooh. next time is mm. actually going to be a fun bonus episode where me natalie sumaya and abigail talk about writing we answer some of the questions you sent in about uh the craft how critique partners work and what our current projects are ladies Oh, wow. I just made a really bad gender assumption. I'm sorry. Oh, no. That's right. Ladies, it's fine. Okay. Um, (laughs) Where can people find you and your podcast if they would like to do so? Yeah. So we have a TikTok account that um, it's called Just One More Page. We also have an Instagram. It's also called Just One More Page Official. We also have a YouTube channel that uh, we may or may not forget to post on. And then, uh, I don't know, Sam, am I missing? Oh, no. Oh, my goodness. Where you can find our podcast. Sam, do you yeah. want to tell them where we can find yeah. it? So, um <laughs> You can find us on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Um, we're just one more page on both. Uh, if you find the little blue logo with the book wide open, so it's just one more page, then you have found us. So if you enjoyed us on this podcast and want to come check us out, we'd really appreciate that. Um, thank you, Bethany, oh, for course. having us. Yeah, thank you for coming. Yeah, no problem. This was so much fun. Yeah. And it was fun, like, getting back into the Lunar Chronicles, especially since, like, I read it a couple years ago. So it was fun getting back into it and seeing the reasons why I loved it so much. Oh, good. Well, if you ever do any Marissa episodes, hit me up. Oh, definitely. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. But thank you so much for having us on here. It was so much fun. Yeah, thank you for coming. I, had, I did enjoy talking with you, and I enjoyed our trauma. Yeah. I think that it makes us friends for life. <laughs> 
think. Yes. Yes. This is our, you guys said you've read Harry Potter. This is our troll scene. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. 100%. Yes. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. No, but this was a lot of fun. So thank you very, very much. Yeah. And um, listeners, please go and check out their podcast. You can also check out Prince Guy Fan Pod Patreon at patreon.com for fun bonus episodes, including the chance to be a guest on an episode with me. The links for our guests and our featured fan artists are in the show notes of this episode. Um, Rate, review, and subscribe, please. And I think that's it. I think we did all we could do for today. So before (laughs) I jinx us any further, keep reading, keep listening. And until next time, don't get glamored. Bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) The chapters discussed today were from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guests were Morgan and Sam from Just One More Page podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening. You are getting sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit InspireSleep.com. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com.